This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Mom Room Podcast. My name is Renee Rena, and I am definitely the mom friend you have always wanted. All right, it is a solo episode, and I'm tired, okay? I don't know what it is, but I'm sure many of you can relate that when your child wakes up in the middle of the night, something happens to your body, and it's like adrenaline overload, and then once they are happy and back in their beds, you know, not crying anymore, everything's fine, you would think that you would be able to fall asleep because it's like two in the morning and you're exhausted, but you have so much adrenaline in your body that you cannot fall asleep. You can't relax. I feel like that adrenaline period for me is abnormally long because I was up forever last night forever. And I'm sure like I was fuming in my bed because I'm like guaranteed my husband is already back asleep within seconds of hitting his pillow. And not only am I filled with adrenaline and I can't relax, like my heart is pounding. It's so bizarre. But also I start to hear the phantom cries. And so like rationally, I know that I'm not hearing Milo cry But sometimes I have to turn off my sound machine and just confirm that it's silent in the house and I'm not hearing screams, which is so annoying. It's like, and then, so when you hear the phantom cries, it just, you know, excites your adrenaline even more. Anyways, it's a whole thing. Like, I don't, I know that evolutionarily speaking, there's probably a reason why moms like this happens to us internally because, you know, our babies cry in the middle of the night. We have to like be up and ready to go and protect them and feed them and blah, blah, blah. But like, okay, let's cool it now. Okay, let's cool it. Once the child is back in bed, happy and sleeping, can the adrenaline just simmer down? Okay, because I want to sleep. So that is why I'm tired today. I am recording this on the Friday before this episode is airing, so almost a week before you're listening to it, because I'm trying to get all my podcast stuff done so I can take Milo up north and not have to record anything, which honestly, like I published the first episode of this podcast on July 1st, 2020. And I've probably recorded every single week because I release two episodes a week. One is always a solo episode. So usually I record those the same week that it's published. But it was a lot of work to try and get everything done for the podcast before leaving, you know, while still doing social media stuff. And it's a lot. But anyways, it'll be worth it when I have a whole week of not having to worry about the podcast. And so my plan for next Thursday's solo episode is to tell you all about our trip up north 
and the struggles, the good stuff, you know, everything. Because traveling with a toddler, having them sleep not in their usual bed that they're used to can be a nightmare. And last time we went up north, it was a nightmare. And I think I talked about it on a previous episode. So we will see how it is the second time around, but I'm not anticipating getting much sleep. So a while back, I came across this article online. I was probably looking up stuff to like write blogs about. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I printed out this article that is from Lowe's Mucin and Colette Van Lair. I will put the reference or the link to this article in the episode notes in case you want to go look at it. So anyways, I came across it and I printed it out and I have just held on to it for months and months and months. And so the other day I was kind of organizing my desk and I saw it and I was like, oh, I should do an episode about this article because it's really interesting. So the title of the article is Feeling Pressure to Be a Perfect Mother Relates to Parental Burnout and Career Ambitions. And they don't mean career ambitions in a positive sense. It's that it's negatively affected career ambitions. You'll see. I'll explain. So they basically talk about how becoming a parent is this massive milestone in someone's life. It is a huge life transition, but they outline that it's supposed to be related to this like euphoric hashtag blessed sense of happiness. But when you actually look at the research, parents, especially new parents, do not have higher levels of happiness than they did previously. If anything, like they're more stressed, they feel burnt out, they have a lot more things to think about. And so they point out that parenthood benefits some outcomes, like, you know, you feel like your life has more meaning, like you feel a great sense of purpose, but that parents with young children especially actually have lower life satisfaction and more depressive symptoms than people without children. And I know we hear this and we're probably like, yeah, that makes sense, you know, But at the same time, there's this massive expectation that having kids is the best thing in the world. And it's, you know, like picture the mom giving birth and it's like, this is the greatest day of my life. It's so magical and rainbows and everything. And that, so that is the expectation. But majority of us are not feeling that way. So it's like this cognitive dissonance of, you know, I should be feeling this way, but I don't. So now I feel even shittier that I don't feel this amazing hashtag blessed way. And I'm actually a little bit depressed. And I feel like even more so nowadays, there's more pressure because both parents have also the career pressures. So nowadays, it's very common for both parents to work full-time jobs, have these, you know, be pursuing these big careers, whereas before it was much more common that one parent, usually the mother, would stay home and take care of all the household duties and childcare tasks, while the other person worked full-time outside of the house. And it's interesting because when I took a 12-month maternity leave from my PhD program, I was like, wow, it's 
nice that I was able to mentally prepare for a 12-month maternity leave and just mentally know that I had nothing else to worry about except for taking care of Milo. That is all I had to focus on. And it was just a nice space to be in mentally because I didn't have any external pressures or feelings like I had to get other stuff done or, you know, start working again in a few weeks. And I know Canada's lucky that we have a good maternity leave for people who are not self-employed. Most people can take advantage of the maternity leave, but not everybody can. But I imagine it's extremely stressful and contributes more so to parental burnout when you're having to worry of also like you're having to also worry about now your work life and your family life. So they point out in this article that parents are always put in this position nowadays, like how much energy am I going to expend at work? How much energy am I going to expend on my children, on household duties? Like there's so many things that need your attention. So that's on parental burnout. And so in this paper, they wanted to look at factors that increase parental burnout in mothers and that also harm their career ambitions. So they suspect that the societal pressures to be this perfect mother contribute to those two things. So things that contribute to this pressure to be a perfect mother is just the, you know, the societal norm of moms having to put the children's needs before their own. And if you don't, if you take time for yourself, if you choose to pursue things that you're passionate about, you almost have this like overarching like guilt feeling because even though we are starting to move away from that, it's still kind of ingrained in us. This, you know, moms are the primary childcare, you know, people that take care of the children, that do the household stuff. And I know a lot of families don't necessarily practice that anymore. Like I know that we don't, but you still have this, like it's just ingrained in us. And I think it's going to take a little while longer before that is completely gone. Like I know for me, Milo going to daycare so that I can do all this stuff, which I'm like super passionate about, makes me so happy. Um, I feel so fulfilled and I'm a better person because I feel this way. Like I'm super happy. I'm, you know, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything in life. And at, like, I still feel guilty that Milo is in daycare and I'm always questioning like, ooh, is that right? Even though, and this is the real kicker, even though I know that daycare is the absolute best thing for him. And if he was home alone with me every day, he would be bored and not get nearly as much out of life, like with regard to development and, you know, being social and making friends and making relationships with other adults and authority figures. It is the best thing ever for him. He loves it. But I still have that feeling because it's just ingrained in me. Like, oh, I'm doing all this stuff for myself while Milo goes to daycare. Why do I feel guilty about that? I have no idea. Well, no, I I shouldn't say I have no idea. I know why, because that is just ingrained in my way of thinking is that, oh, maybe it's not, you know, maybe I shouldn't be focusing on myself so much. And that's like the worst part of all of this is that it's not rational, 
even though you know, it's kind of like when you have anxiety and you know there's nothing to be anxious about. It's like it doesn't matter. That's just how you feel. And even though rationally you know it makes no sense and you shouldn't feel that way, you still do. So another part of this study was looking at the pressure to be a perfect mother and how that affected one's career ambitions. And so their like hypothesis was that women who have this really intense like pressure on themselves to be a perfect mother, it would lead to a decrease in their career ambitions because they would be so focused on mothering and have such high expectations of themselves when it came to mothering that they would kind of let go and not focus as much on their career. So their two hypotheses were, number one, feeling pressure to be a perfect mother is positively related to parental stress prevention focus but not a promotion focus which means prevention focus is like you're hyper aware of things that can go wrong and constantly trying to make sure that things don't go wrong so you're putting all this energy into things that haven't even happened but you're just trying to prevent everything Uh, so that's what that means Um, and maternal gatekeeping behaviors, which is something that I think it was Jancy Dunn talks about in her book, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids. Highly recommend reading that. So maternal gatekeeping, I do it often, but I catch myself is when your partner or someone else is trying to do something with regard to childcare tasks, like putting on a diaper, which I just talked about on Instagram today. Like my husband will put on his pull up at night and then I check it for like five minutes and make sure it's on properly. So maternal gatekeeping behaviors are, you know, your partner's trying to give them a bath and you don't think they're doing a good job. So you jump in and like rewash them, that kind of stuff. Um, So they think pressure to be a perfect mother is positively related to all those things, which then leads to higher parental burnout. Second hypothesis is that feeling the pressure to be a perfect mother is negatively related to mother's career ambitions through reduced feelings of work-family balance. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. 
And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner. I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Little Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals, so you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding, and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like pot stickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. So I won't get too much into, it was a survey that they did. It was like almost 200 participants So they did find support for hypothesis number one. So the pressure to be a perfect mother was related to parental burnout and parental burnout was looked at in those ways that I mentioned before. So the maternal gatekeeping behaviors, the constantly trying to prevent things from happening and just overall stress. So an important piece of that finding is that the parental burnout or the stress is not necessarily triggered by individual factors or family level factors, but it's also triggered or, you know, related to the mothering norms that society has put 
on mothers and these, you know, expectations that once we have kids, we're not really people anymore. We're just moms taking care of kids. And an important piece to this is some people might think, well, you know, it's probably better for the kids if that is what happens and they are, you know, putting all this effort into the children. But research actually shows the opposite and that parents that are experiencing burnout and stress, so parental burnout basically, is related to neglectful and violent behavior towards one children and can negatively affect a child's development when their parents are having mental health problems. So with regard to the pressure to be a perfect mother and career ambitions, they actually found that women with higher career ambitions experienced more pressure to be a perfect mother. And their explanation for that is because there is this societal norm that mothers should be more focused on family and, you know, be the perfect mom that they almost have more to prove because they have, you know, an important career or they work a lot. So they feel an added pressure to show that they are a perfect mom or that they're, you know, focusing so much on family. And then at the same time, because they are so focused on family, I think like their career ambitions start to dwindle because they feel this pressure to put so much into their children and family. So, I mean, there is a lot more detail in the actual article if you wanted to look at it. So, I will link it in the episode notes, but I just thought it was interesting and I would like to see an article or like a study like this done on fathers. You know, do they experience the same kinds of things, which reminds me of a TikTok that I wanted to make actually, so that's good. I always think of TikToks in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and then I don't write them down and I always forget, but this episode just reminded me of an idea that I had. Anyway, something else that I was thinking about is in families that have two dads or two moms, like does one person feel more parental burnout or responsibility of, you know, being the perfect parent than the other? Or even in situations where the mom is making more money, because I always wonder if it's like a money thing. So in situations where the mom is making more money than her partner, does she still feel that need to focus more on family versus her career? Or because she's making the money for the family, does she not have that pressure anymore? That's also something that I wonder. Or does she feel more pressure because she feels like she has something to prove and like she's not only focused on work? And of course, there's like every single situation is going to be different and you could find two families that have the exact same setup where one person feels parental burnout and like the societal pressures to be a perfect parent, whereas the other person doesn't. I know there's lots of like individual characteristics at play, but just in general, I'm talking, it's just interesting to think about. 
So that is today's episode. You can let me know what you think about this study and the results that they found on the Mom Room Podcast Instagram account, which is at the Mom Room Podcast. If you're not following that account, what are you doing? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the.mom.room. Did you know that I influenced one of the greatest influencers? So Jillian Harris posted one of my reels. And then she showed her children, Leo and Annie, eating off a cookie sheet. It looked like she had made them nachos. And she said, inspired by the mom room. Okay, so I influenced the ultimate influencer. Probably my greatest career accomplishment to date. But anyways... Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, or follow on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you are listening. If you have any topic recommendations that you want to hear about or you want someone that's an expert in some kind of area to come on the podcast, let me know. Write me a message on the podcast Instagram account and I will try my best to make that happen. I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend and I hope that your children sleep tonight and that you don't wake up at 2.30 in the morning and can't fall back asleep because your adrenaline is just pumping. 